0: Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep and show business. You know, I really hope that that is true. I, I hope that people are getting sleep with this podcast, and I'm not just making promises or making boastful claims uh, with no research. You know, um, if people are getting more energy or, or, or are awake through this, that would be, that would be terrible. Um, God, there's so many good remedies. Clubhouse <coughs> is a uh, kind of a, an audio... Chat room, you can get on uh, Enya, Alan Watts. I mean, there's all kinds of good stuff you can listen to on YouTube and whatever the internet um, that can do this as well. But I, I, I put this podcast up against any audio form of audio to get people to sleep, regardless of language understanding. Um, sometimes, if it's a language you don't understand, you can sleep through it. You know, uh, I find you know, I, I could when I lived in Japan, I could fall asleep too japanese television or in korea korean television because you just don't know what you're listening to um necessarily and you start to figure it out not in korea but in japan i started to figure it out but uh when you can understand it it's, it's um it's a little tougher because you're you you sink in right but not with this podcast this podcast even if you speak the same language it'll still make you sleepy um guys brought to you by script ScriptPipeline.com. script um mail in your idea right doesn't need to be a full screenplay it can be a proof of concept it can be a treatment any kind of write-up a one sheet um you know a show idea a series idea television film any any kind of art just get on scriptpipeline.com and check out where you can uh, get involved let them do the work for you let them be the conduit to um show business if that's still a thing i mean it's still a thing of course but it's definitely not monopolized by hollywood like it was for so long let Script pip- Pipeline be your broker. God, man. Uh, again, you know, I know I say this every time, but if they were around when I was living in Asia, teaching and working very few hours a week and loving my life, I never would have had to enter this business and get into stand up comedy. Uh, I could have done it kind of f- from a distance. Um, so check it out ScriptPipeline.com. Live your dreams, but do it from home. Um, Episode 112, guys. Is that is that right? I don't know. Is that right? Is that right? It seems like it's episode 113. Let's take a look. Nope. Episode 112. Uh, we'll call this one Default Existence because that's what we're kind of covering in the men's group and some of these books you read. I hope I'm not overdoing it on, on uh, self-help books and whatnot. I'm trying to parallel the self-help book every time with, you know, another book. Uh, I got a Chris Hedges book. I'm reading along with it. Um because you don't want just like overwhelm, over to be overwhelmed in a flood of self-help stuff. Because your body can only process so quickly. It's so much time. Right now, the uh, the Buccaneers are about to lose to the Cowboys. Tom Brady's never lost to Dallas. He's about to lose at home. This is the second straight year the Bucks have lost in a playoff game at home. It's thirty-one-six. Dallas has missed four PATs. I don't know. You can't miss four PATs and go and win the Super Bowl. So. They'll win tonight, but I don't think they'll get past the next round or at least the NFC title game. Anyway, it's good to see them wearing their blues. I do like the blue jerseys. I'd like to see the the jerseys that they wore in the 70s. Those blues come back. Uh, What's Tom Brady going to do? Should I make that the podcast? So, episode uh, default existence. I have family in town, my sister and her son, and it was just thrilling. Hockey tournament, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, playing at Irvine Ice Park. Uh, the last four days, so it was great. they were here five nights. They leave tomorrow morning. Uh, I got to tell you, man, my nephew twelve great great dropped pick dude. that could have been huge. My nephew is twelve, twelve and a half. Uh, little man sprayed so much of my cologne. I have two really nice bottles of cologne from the cruise ships. He smelled he spelled he he um, he sprayed one of them on so bad like on i 'm not kidding Friday. And it smelled the apartment up the entire weekend. Like, I didn't even need to put any on. I could just walk into my bathroom and walk back out, and I uh, had the fragrance with me. Kind of cute. Kind of hilarious. Whatever. He's great. little shyster. Uh, I got a good picture with him and the guys tonight. Uh, After their last game, they came in second. They came in second. It was a good time. Um, They lost, I think, 5-3. to It was a tight game. Hockey man. Maybe soccer's the same, (laughs) excuse me, hockey can be like tied and then all of a sudden three goals later in a minute. Like what happens? You get a goal and then, you know, you panic and you abandon your defense and you give up another goal because someone was trying too hard and they got in the penalty and then you're down a player and then you have to go empty net and then you're down three and then it's like, what? And they battled back, but uh, they lost to a really good team out of Ogden. Um, and I think five to three was the final. It was pretty tight. They were down, was it? They were down maybe four to one early and they had to battle back, battle back, battle back. But then they went empty net and gave up a late goal. And eh, um, man, he's a little detective too. Just constant questions about my life and lifestyle. You know, he's 12. He's in a, in a household there in Jackson Hole. For a kid growing up in a traditional household, as I did, uh, it was always a trip meeting that uncle or aunt. For us, you know, you, you met an aunt or an uncle who kind of lived alone, who didn't get married. Maybe they were married once, but no kids, divorce, whatever. And it was a trip to see a, an adult live on their own and kind of be quiet and not be big and loud and you know, fill their lives with so much clutter. It was just kind of nice. For, like I had an uncle Tim who's just a few years older than the rest of us siblings. He lives down in San Diego. He's like five years older than me, so he was a kid as we when we were kids. Uh, married, no kids. But um, our grandpa, Ray, my mom's dad, had a cousin—not not quite a sister—but it was this cousin in Chicago, and it was this high-class single lady. So in the '80s, we visited her in like '84, and she lived alone in a high-rise in Chicago, right along the river, and just loved it. And she was just bebopping with energy and conversation and charm. And she lived in like in the, in one of those high those high buildings, like way up there in like an apartment condo and her place was so well-kept. well kept, Well-kempt. Just well-kept and like, you know, there was the right amount of pictures. It wasn't just clutter with dog hair and blankets and just crap, you know. <coughs> um, and we went and visited her once and she was so sophisticated. It's just a svelte woman, you know, who she took care of herself and we're like, who's this woman that like, you know, she's not in a hoodie sweatshirt with grandma shoes. She's like, she takes care of business, and she was probably I don't know, man, seventy four in nineteen eighty four, maybe. Uh, she lived in the city. She was up to date on current events, social, charming, all that. When my grandpa died uh, a couple of years after that, that would have been eighty seven, I think. So about three years later, she came to Toledo for a funeral for the funeral, and she didn't need to borrow a couch or a bed or sleep. You know, she didn't need to cheap She stayed in like a hotel downtown, and then would just drive kind of into the um, away from downtown into town, I guess. Uh, you know, when you have the memorial, all these services, all these gatherings. And it just blew everybody's mind in Toledo. And I loved it. It was just like, well, she doesn't need to stand on someone's couch or guest room or any of that. She's just like, no, no, I'm self-sufficient. In her mid-70s, man. And she had all these stories about my grandpa and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe that's what Cooper had with me. Doubt it. Um, but it is good to see those different ways of life. You know, not everything is, is, is the same. It's good to, to, for the little minds to to wander and just imagine. Um, What is this? Get out ahead of things so I'm not talking. Not on a ship. Oh, okay. Ex- I just have the word exercise written here. Yeah. And at, appropriately, there's nothing after it. Just like there hasn't been any exercise <clears throat> since I got back from the ship a week and a half ago. It's been a week and a half. That's it. That's crazy, man. It feels like years ago. But um i have it I, I have it written here get out ahead of things so i'm not on a ship so my schedule my life I, i've got to get more in charge of the comedy and writing and booking and, and just finding a, a group a following I, I don't know man i the ship get, like so i'm not on a ship talking to a full audience to complete silence man i'm on these ships Talking to crowds, and it's so much work. And I'm like, is this, am I speaking a foreign language, man? This stuff was written for you people to laugh at. Like, timing, pacing, and then a punchline. Timing, pacing, and a punchline. Like, you know, we were raised on the same formula of comedy, you dipshits. Like, come on, this is on a platter for you fuckheads to laugh at, you know? So, um, I mean, I've spoken at funerals that's better than some of the crowds. Um, you know, at the same time, I don't want to be another comic chasing the same nickel. So, how good at this do I want to get? Uh, what do three comedy specials get? Yeah, okay. So, they, like, you see all these comics with three or four comedy specials. Nobody's watching them. Some you do, right? Some. I mean, Seinfeld's got two albums, right? Um, some of these other guys have one, two, three. Do you want to be on a show buried on a network that nobody watches? You know, so there's, there's like, what's the motivation, right? Work, I guess um and sometimes these things are necessary to build up to other things i saw that they're redoing night court they're redoing magnum pi it's it's so embarrassing (coughs) it's so embarrassing hollywood you you can't call yourself a creator at that point people should lose their jobs it's like oh okay well yeah we're gonna do this remake which means we don't need you 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 or you you're laid off because all you did like like I, i it's just so shameful you came up with a reboot for an old show you're fired you're fired. Like we'll just run reruns. Comedy Central's running reruns of Seinfeld and the Office. And it's like, okay, well, that should clear up some space for you guys. Why isn't there just a network that does Seinfeld or The Office or or whatever? I always thought Comedy Central should have bought or have like here's Comedy Central Plus or whatever. And it's just stand up around the clock. And you can flip to it and it's, you know, it's an alternative channel. Canada has that. And it's an alternative channel. And then you could see whatever the Young Hip comics are talking about, which is nothing. Um, or you have, you know, the old school, Le- it's Legends Hour, and you've got, you know, uh, the Pitbull. What's his name? Bobby Slayton talking. Um, and you've got some great classic John Wing, you got some of these classics, right? Um, then you've got whatever. You just you just have different people doing the stand-up. Um, but it's around the clock, so you always know it's there. Uh... So, yeah, we can do that ourselves, do the remakes. So why do we have Hollywood doing this for you? Been raining in L.A.? Where are we in this mess? Uh, God, we're 11 minutes in. Okay. Um, it's been raining in L.A., which is so good. <clears throat> I've been back for about a week and a half, <clears throat> a week and three quarters. And um, it's so great. We need it, man. And why is why is the rain in uh, uh, Orange County, L.A., Southern California, so good? It's because it never happens. Um, it's not built for it. So when it does, it's extra good. It's like a fleeting thing. It's like, um, I don't know, if if it were to snow on the equator or something, but we get this rain and these these riverbeds that are dried up, that are dirt, fill up with water, and you're just like, oh, my God, we have a river there? And the air is clean and the trees and, the, and places that are brown and stained by June and July are just blossoming green. It's just beautiful. So there's no better feeling than... After a rain in LA or Orange County, San Diego, Southern Cal, right? Just that air. And you could see the mountains behind the mountains. When you could see Mammoth behind Saddleback. When you can pull up the 110 North and you see mountains behind those buildings. And you're like, what? That's there? I thought it was just like Dodger Stadium and neighborhoods. I didn't know that mountains existed that visually. And they're like up in your face. And and it just blows you away. It's like you're right there. It's... (laughs) it's breathtaking uh everything is uprooted it reminds us that we're not in control right humans and it's kind of nice especially in a place like orange county where it's a very manicured controlled environment uh my high school santa margarita we beat modern day uh we beat survey too but we beat modern day in basketball last week we beat them both in three nights um and it, it, it was fantastic. It's it's really something. And I don't know if it's one of modern-day's greater teams. I don't know. Who knows? It's so competitive now. But it was something special. Our kids, it looks like, I think we got every kid back from last year. But beating one of the top, if not the top, I think, what's that school in Virginia that's so good? Oak? Uh, something Oak. Oakwood or Royal, Royal Oak is in Michigan. Um, there's something Oak in Virginia that's really good high school basketball. Uh, They're one of the top in the nation as is modern day, you know, kind of like the um, De La Salle and Northern Cal with football, whatever. Uh, Beating modern day, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Um, And the beast in me was coming out. I'm announcing, so I have to be, you know, I, I, I can't be partial. But man, I'm like, like my fuse is short, my temper, you know, I'm ready to jump on the refs or just yell something. I don't mean that I'm going to regret. Uh, I don't know how some of the parents, you know, we criticize them for what they do say. Some of them and the coaches exercise restraint <coughs> because, man, every assistant coach was yelling the whole game at the t- game, at the players, at their players, at the other team, at the refs. I mean, it is, it, it's live, man. I mean, I haven't seen anything like that. Packed Jim. So it's good to be around that uh, and see that and to beat them jv beat him varsity beat him it was good um then i did a woman's game uh our lady eagles played saturday and we uh we beat up on uh, bishop Amat, who's got some good players good history um you know normally when i announce it, I, I don't know the players so well so i'm only announcing the accolades of our team like hey number 35 with the rebound number 12 with the three-pointer um, the girls game got kind of taken ca- uh, carried away with the with the lead. So I was like, let's announce the other team's accolades as well. like hey, number twenty four and she's up. she got twenty five points guys, thirty points, whatever she... what was her name? something Williams, but um yeah, and it's like, yeah, let's let's play it even. they're girls, and it's kind of a blowout. let let's let's balance it out here. um but the pace of a modern day Santa Margarita game was so much, I couldn't do that for their players. Uh, maybe in time, if I get better, (coughs) excuse me, Um, you know, you try to think of Vin Scully, Joe Buck, the greats, non-partial, you know, so meant John Madden. I remember John Madden in the 80s, you know, he's a Raiders coach, but in the 80s, he'd do a Raiders game, and uh, he even did a Raiders Super Bowl, I think. He's very, played it down the line. I don't want to be Tommy Heinsohn or Johnny Most from Boston. Of course, they're from Boston, so automatically there's some bias. You know, you want to be a pro. Like, you never knew. Oh, my phone. You never knew how they voted or where their home team was. Like Bob Costas, you know, years later. You f- fuck off. You find out later. You f- besides that. You find out later that Bob Costas, uh, the St. Louis guy, as was Joe Buck and his dad, Jack. Vin Scully, a Dodger guy, of course. Uh, but they did games beyond that. That's that's uh, fantastic. I sound so cheesy. <clears throat> but I really believe those voices are just as important as the athletes. They, they really hype up the entertainment value. John Facenda, right? John Facenda did Raider games. He, did, he worked for NFL films. He was from... I think Pennsylvania, then he moved to New York. He was an ad guy, and his voice was known throughout the NFL. You know, Harry Callas was from Philadelphia, I think, and he had a good voice. And then Mel Allen was from the South, and he was a big baseball voice. And they're just as uh, indelible uh, as the games You know, they're not just pandering to the listener or the athlete. Pat Summerall, John Madden. Okay. Also, I don't know why I've written here, Joe Gibbs is very underrated as a head coach. Three titles in less than a decade, guys, with three different quarterbacks. Okay? Soft spoken. We don't talk enough about him. He also excelled in NASCAR. Hall of Famer. All right. Um, Watching some of these playoffs, man, and it made me think of this is a football podcast, I guess. I'd like to see the Bucs score again here. But Watching some of these playoff games, and it makes me think of how um, somebody has to lead a group or a company uh, or whatever, some kind of team. You know, not only do you send the other team a message, <coughs> but sometimes you have to send your own team a message by going for it on fourth down. I know Belichick does that, Jimmy Johnson. You have to send it to, like, hey, I know it's fourth and four in our own territory, but we're going for it. And your team's like, what are you, crazy? But it's like, hey, I'm sending you a message we're here to we're here to win this game and we're here to not be passive and i'm going to put it on you or i'm going to put it on the defense so it's kind of an interesting thing that you're sending your own team a message i'm on your side guys but i also need to send you a message to know you know what we're about big picture um yeah <coughs> you have to strategize with your own players and employees which is weird Uh, I have here big uglies, offensive linemen, or big beauties. I like to call them the big beauties, right? I think it's big beauties. The big body creating opportunity for the entire team, just like a horse, a bull, a rhinoceros, letting bugs land on you and not even giving a shit because you're like, I'm the big guy. You're following me in. Um, So I know they call offensive linemen big uglies, but I think they're just beautiful humans. Um, You know, just, just the battering rams, you know, like those... Those Cowboys teams from the 90s were so good because that O-line was sick. Uh, or the Redskins of the 80s and and so many teams. Um, yeah, welcome to the sports podcast. Okay. Night Court Magnum PI. Yeah, just Hollywood embarrassment. Um, Yeah, lay them off. Lay people off in development. If they're just going to play reruns, lay them off. Keep the money. Give it to the homeless. Okay, one of the things we're discussing in the men's group that I've been in on Saturday mornings, we're two-thirds of the way through. (coughs) I'm still coughing after three weeks. Okay. One of the things we're discussing in this men's group that I do um, is about default existence, right? Where you're just at the beck and call of the universe. You've lived your life and you're just kind of responding where you have to you're showing up to work a job that was assigned to you out of a college that you necessarily didn't choose to a large extent we ultimately are at the mercy of the universe but within our power um what are you doing what am i doing to control your own destiny because there's things within your power that you can control because uh, there are so many people most some catholics from the midwest that just get that job out of high school or college cling to it cling to the paycheck nothing else have the kids because it's just expected of you I think Tampa just got an onside kick, uh, which would be cool. Please do it just to just to make it a little more interesting. Yeah, they got it. Um, you know what I mean? So that default existence. Uh, so many people get that job, and then they get the wife and the kid, and it's like you can't afford any of this. You're just doing this out of you're in you're in like automatic mode. Uh, think outside the box, you know. They're not gonna job search. They're not gonna look for a raise or a promotion. Eventually, maybe, kind of, but for the most part, not. You're just kind of going through your default existence. Um, so just trying to get away from the default existence is, is huge. It's what I did, I think, in my 20s. Um, and you can enter that default mode. You can do it in the sexy world of show business, not working on your craft, just waiting for the phone to ring getting 10 minutes of stand-up and then just sitting on that for 20 years, doing local shows, not really going on the road, not trying to develop an act, not writing uh, if you're a musician not practicing your instrument, not rehearsing lines and acting classes LA is filled with it. LA is filled with just as many people as the factories and the cubicles of the Midwest are. Um, you know so many of, my, of them are my friends in LA that just they've got like yeah I've got my 10 to 12 to 20 minutes. I'll go on the road here and there then I'll do my commercial auditions. And I'll do bit parts, but I'm still going to be just as much a deadbeat as so many people are. Uh, Just getting by, doing enough. Um, A lot of comics in L.A. are there for the showbiz part and not the stand-up comedy part. And I I wonder, too, if I'm guilty of that, probably to some extent. I went to L.A. because it was an hour from where I grew up. I wasn't necessarily going because it's like, oh, here's the place to be a star. It was like, here's the city to go do stand-up in. If LA were an hour away from where I grew up and New York were an hour away from where I grew up, I would have picked New York. It's a better spot for stand-up and everything, <laughs> uh, except the weather, which the weather's beautiful too, except for the three months, right? Uh, anyway, it's all about living an active existence, right? Vigilant. Um don't put a ceiling on your excitement or, or your spirituality. Don't leave all your enthusiasm for your toy car collection, your little train set, your boat, your men's group. Spread that shit around. I was on, uh, I was on my way to that. Oh, okay. Well, I had my sales job in Oakland, and I was on my way to that kind of default existence. Uh, I was there a year and a half. but And it gave me time to see what else was out there in the world, what I wanted to do to adjust away from college life. And it's funny now to go back to San Francisco and Oakland, And see those friends from Santa Clara, from Dartmouth, from Davis, who were living five in a two-bedroom and are now all thriving in nice, spacious places, either in the East Bay or down the peninsula or in the city. And some of them are even happy. (laughs) Not a guarantee, right? But it's been great in my life to step out of line and look at everyone from outside the line and see how crazy so many people are uh or seam maybe they're not i don't know but i remember living in san francisco and all the roommates were home brady's going deep and he just ah the guy dropped it he was in the end zone and with a minute 53 we could have had a 31 21 game okay so so i remember i'm living in san francisco all my roommates or three roommates were home it was a sunday night their girlfriends are there so it's eight of us let's say and i was working in shipping and it was a football game. I think it was the Super Bowl. It was uh, it was the one where Elway finally got the Broncos over the hump. So they beat Green Bay. Yes, great Super Bowl, amazing game. Does the helicopter. 1997, early 98, literally 25 years ago. Quarter of a century, my God. Um, so we were there, and I, we were watching the game. It was late. And I said, after the game, you know, 9 o'clock at night, Super Bowl. I was like, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and do some writing. And they looked at me like I was out of my mind. Like, who are you? Writing? What? Where's this coming from? You know, As you would do, you would, um, if someone who worked in shipping at the docks would say they're going to go do some writing and they're like, what, writing? Like poetry? They had no idea. I didn't know, I didn't have any idea. You know, I wouldn't try stand-up for another two and a half years. So it might have been the script I was working on at the time out of college uh, about a bunch of buddies trying to make a home video for America's Funniest Videos, which now would translate into a YouTube video with the same concept. The point is that if I said that now, or two years later, hey, I'm gonna head out and go get some writing done. Their reaction would be like, "What the hell are you talking about? Why do you still live here?" No, they 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 wouldn't. <laughs> their their reaction would be like, oh, "Okay, cool, see you later." Because I've pulled myself out of the world and created a reality where they're like, "Oh, okay, this this guy's serious," you know. Because um, I took myself out of that line early at a young age. 20s. I didn't want to get pigeonholed. I didn't want to get stuck and established and comfortable. Once you take yourself out and don't see yourself in that space any longer, others will follow, right? You just have to shake loose of that. You know, the best decisions I ever made in my life, I thought about for less than an hour. Because really, you're considering so many decisions for your entire life. So it's not like you thought about it for an hour. Everything built up. Whether it was traveling Japan when I was a sophomore in college, Deciding to go there late, late in my sophomore year on an exchange program. Whether it was starting stand-up, <laughs> whether it was moving to L.A. for a career, uh, whether it was, like, asking a girl out. <laughs> Relationships are different. Relationships, there's there's you know, it takes time, and there's two parties to decide. But asking the girl out, that first move. <laughs> Anything I obsessed about never happened or didn't work or didn't take off. Point is, the decisions were quick, and we know in our hearts what will be better uh, and the decision we should make. Um, and you don't always want to air your goals because that rush you get from telling people can sometimes replace the feeling of accomplishment. And then you fall in love with the idea and not the execution of that idea. Um, but you do want to write it write it down and hold yourself accountable and, you know, air it out to yourself. Um, you know, Look, there's plenty of people that have voiced their goals over the years and then went on to accomplish them. So it depends on the person, right? The timing for any decision is never going to be right. <coughs> you, <coughs> sorry, I'm dying. You take action on the big things uh, and the rest of the factors fall into place and they become the peripheral issues instead of the issues that were determining your decision before in the first place. Okay. Um, I had a, a philosophy professor in college at Carroll. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. Barry First, F-U-R-S-T, I believe, Carroll College, he talked about this passive residual existence. He said, you know, most of you will live it. Most of you will find that comfort zone pretty soon after graduation and stay there till retirement and death. Not many of you have fire in your souls. He said that. Not many of you have fire in your souls. Incredible, right? To tell 22-year-olds that think they're going to tackle the world. And he said, who, who in here has fire in the souls? Raise your hand. Who in here has fire in the soul? I didn't raise my hand because I knew a ton of other kids would raise their hands who didn't have fire in their souls, And I didn't want to be associated with them. Um, you know, a ton of kids saying, I have fire in my soul. But they never left Helena after graduation. But I remember that moment in college um, to this day. And, I, you know, I don't keep in touch with many people from college, a ton from high school because they went and did a lot of great things. You know, most end up back in their in their hometown, sure. But Montana, man, I don't keep in touch with a lot of people. I see them on Facebook, and it's good. Maybe I'll hit a reunion at some point, but none of them traveled very far. Maybe some live in Colorado. Maybe some are in eastern Washington. Um, and who knows? It's a beautiful place. Why leave it? Five to ten minutes out of town in Helena. Man, the mountains everywhere. It's amazing. Um, but uh, anyway, point is Barry First was right. And I do have feel like I have fire in my soul. I did see him at a kind of a, a reunion homecoming banquet thing, and we talked, and I brought this point up to him. It was hilarious. He's like, I had you in class. Because I got to, I, I spoke. I did a night of comedy, and the next night I kind of emceed this event. Um, and he's like, I had you in class, didn't I? And I was like, yep. And I reverberated all these things that he talked about in class. And I remember him stressing he's like as soon as a, a community a society moves from necessity to greed then all hell breaks loose and that's 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 all humanity right once once people move from necessity to greed it's over it's over because uh, then you're starting to rape the land you're starting to rape the other person's culture your neighboring tribe or village anyway Um, God, man, I can't believe we went over. We flew over Helena when we went from San Francisco to Southampton a few months ago. And I was looking down at Carroll college. When you think SF to England, you don't really think Helena, Montana will be part of that equation. Space flight is absolutely insane to me. Still makes no sense. I'd be terrible in a cockpit. They'd be like, man, we really need to get over the This disbelief that we can move, uh, at this speed in the air. You know, if we're going to move forward into the future this flight and the rest of our lives you need to accept that that air travel exists okay um and speaking we also need to get on with this podcast but uh so Barry first talked about that it's something that resonated and stayed with me fire in the soul um challenging yourself where are you too easy on yourself where are you too hard on yourself uh because I need to balance that out I think we all do we're too hard on ourselves about past decisions, past mistakes, too easy on ourselves with diet, uh, exercise, sleep, um, easy to just go, oh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll put that off for another day, whatever, whatever good habits they are. Okay, um, that's a wrap for this episode. The only show I have coming up, I have one show coming up, Thursday, January 26th, Thursday, January 26th at Lakov in costa mesa california 9 p.m basement patrick keen and friends it's called patrick keen and acquaintances cute funny haha so my old gang um it's a great little room man it's like a little steakhouse and there's a little back room and dark and and what's the word i'm looking for Uh, like a little jazz room you know um little stage It might be too intimate Like you can't get big laughs I mean it might be too intimate Like people are in there Like really dark Uh, I have no new material As a matter of fact I have less now Since I've forgotten so much So the show won't be the same As any other show It'll be shorter Right You're getting even less Bang for your buck So not only is it The same material It's less of the same Because I've forgotten So much of the old stuff Uh, Anyway come I don't think there's A cover charge steak The food's amazing down there Get yourself an old fashioned And a steak Or some red wine. Uh, That's all. That's all for this week. Keen on things podcast. Keen of comedy on all social media platforms. Have a good week. Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the wacky weather. And uh, let's keep doing this. Let's keep the momentum going. All right. Don't worry about New Year's resolutions. Because timing, there's no time like the present. Right? Don't, Don't hold this stuff up on a pedestal. Make a decision now and go do it. Thank you.